Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Talk about podcasts. Welcome to the Center for Technological Innovation and Entrepreneurship podcast. My name is Joana Madara Prada and I'll be your host. In this episode, we are going to talk about the COVID-19 crisis and the resilience of the Portuguese entrepreneurship ecosystem. Miguel Fonte has a deep knowledge of Portuguese startups ecosystem. Since 2016, he has been in charge of incubators that raise many projects with an international dimension. At Startup Lisboa, companies like Uniplaces, Codacy, 360 Premier or All19 were dreamed up and built, and then crossed borders. And it is from this incubator that tech startups like Defined Crowd or Ascension are nowadays preparing themselves to conquer the world. Miguel Fonte is the CEO of Startup Lisboa, graduated in sociology and postgraduated in management, served as manager in several organizations such as ICEP or Santa Casa de Misericordia. He was also Secretary of State of Youth and Sport. As a man that has a clear vision of the ecosystem, Miguel is going to talk about resilience, talent, risk and opportunities ahead. Miguel, welcome and thank you for accepting our invitation. Thank you. Miguel, unfortunately, not many years ago, we experienced a crisis and now here we are again, not knowing what awaits us in the post-pandemic future. As someone that knows the ecosystem, what message do you want to send to these hundreds, thousands of entrepreneurs in Portugal that suddenly face another crisis again? Oh, tough question to start. Normally, I don't like to give a message or advice or that kind of stuff to anyone else. But uh, let me say that it's really a difficult moment that we are facing now all together. But for sure, for the entrepreneurs, it, it, it's, it's really a difficult one. And um, yes, normally when we speak about uh, entrepreneurship resilience, it's only it's always a, a key word. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it must, must be true. That means uh, we know that in normal times uh, to become entrepreneur, it's not something that uh, it's possible for everyone because it's uh, obliged you to have some uh, uh, possibilities and some characteristic, personal characteristics uh, to face the challenge. And in that case, I would say it's even more clear that situation. That means that uh, in real they really need to have that kind of resilience because what we are living now it's impossible to predict uh, how it will be in the next future but one thing we know already um, in certain case of course this is very diverse uh, it's not easy to do a characterization uh, for all the situations for all the startups for all the entrepreneurs the effects uh, they are we can talk about different kind of uh, impacts uh, regarding the sector, the maturity of the startups and so on and so on. But for sure, this is our times for everyone. So they really need 
to show that they can uh, resist uh, in these times, in these difficult times. And I just want to tell them that we are here for them uh, and we all, we are working uh, to do with this sentence not only a nice, nice words that can generate some comfortable uh, words for them, but to be honest to you, we are working every single day in order to try to help them, to support them. But even for us, an incubator like Startup Lisboa, it's really difficult okay. to do our job in this in this time for several reasons. Mm -hmm. But do you think that the Portuguese entrepreneurship ecosystem is resilient enough to handle uh, what is coming? Do you consider that it's prepared for this class? Clash because right in the beginning of uh, you know the the, the COVID nineteen crisis, we heard bad news. For example, from Anbabel. What to expect when we see you know these uh, big startups you know just uh, having tough times as well. As I told you, it's really difficult, uh, in my opinion, to characterize uh, this ecosystem. Like it will be something really uh, unique, homogeneous, and so on. So uh, it's uh, it's really diverse. The different kinds of situations that we can see in this ecosystem, we can face different kind of challenge. But in general, uh, I would say that the ecosystem, yes, is resilient, and we have a proof for that. Uh, it was in, unbelievable, and uh, in the good sense. Uh, how uh, fast uh, and how strong it was the reaction of the, the our, what we call our ecosystem. Mm -hmm. If you take, for instance, in consideration tech for COVID, mm -hmm. uh, it was really amazing that just a few days after this pandemic situation, a few guys, completely organic, uh, just with their initiative, they start a movement and they aggregate a lot of people to do uh, a lot of projects. They did it in a real nice way because it was very inclusive. It yes. was very well done, very well organized. And I was really uh, surprised in a certain sense how agile they became and how it was possible in a few days, just in a few days, to put so many projects in so many different fields in action. So. I must tell you that with that, only with that, it's more than possible to say that, of course, the ecosystem as a whole, it's resilient. Of course, saying that and knowing that, we must know that impact, as I, I mentioned before, it's not the same for everyone. If you are a startup, if you are a founder of a startup working in the tourism field, of course, you are living uh, hard days, much more than someone that is I don't know, developing something that it's good for uh, those who are at home working and it's uh, a productivity tool or something like that. So mm -hmm. we can see different uh, situations. We, what I see here from my position here at Startup Lisboa is we have a few projects that have been uh, suffer a strong impact in their activities and others, uh, for instance, they, it was 
almost uh, an opportunity for them to grow and to acquire more customers, to mm -hmm. show um, the, the importance of the products or the solutions or the service uh, that they were developing and so on and so on. Mm -hmm. Yes, because we observed uh, a lot of uh, talking about the opportunities for digitalization of the economy, right? So probably that's a sector that is going to have huge opportunities in the future. Yeah, and for instance, I can give you an example. We have a startup here called Dopio. It's a, a startup that is developing games in the gaming industry, games by voice. Mm -hmm. And they were working with uh, uh, platforms like Netflix and so on, and they increase a lot um, their activity in this pandemic uh, situation. So, as I told you, it's a little bit different. Uh, it depends a lot of a, a lot of, of factors. Of course, it depends of the in which uh, sector you are. Mm -hmm. but also depends in uh, about your maturity in which phase of your project you are so of course if you are a startup starting now uh, and without investment and with uh, weak teams in the sense that they are just starting it's really really difficult to 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 resist in this in these moments in these mm -hmm. times of course if you are a startup that have been invested already if you have some resources you know a lot of experience you have in your board uh, an advisory board for, for instance you have guys that can help you in these uh, more difficult moments and so on and so on it becomes uh, completely uh, different for for those that they are, that are in this in this in this stage so mm -hmm. it's not uh, once again it's really difficult to characterize this situation only with one color uh, okay. it's really different to the situation that you can find okay uh, we always hear that a crisis is an opportunity what is your opinion about this statement <laughs> normally I really hate that kind of approach and and I can explain why. Of course, everyone can see opportunities in the crisis in the sense that we just said before. Of course, if we are now uh, working in this new normal from our homes and so on, digitalization and a huge opportunity uh, and it was an, a dynamic that accelerated a lot a lot of projects and in that sense we can say that it's an opportunity coming from this crisis but mm -hmm. in the sense that normally people say about uh, oh uh, when you are facing a crisis it's a huge opportunity i don't like that because in my perspective a crisis is always a bad thing in the sense that it's something that reduces your energy, your muscle, muscle, your possibility, your energy to face the challenge that uh, you have. Uh, and in that sense, uh, it's a little bit uh, tricky also because it puts the almost the responsibility of the, the, the situation that you are living when you are in troubles 
in yourself in the sense that if you don't you are not doing well it's mm -hmm. because of you because there, you, of course you can see a lot of opportunities so please be creative please uh, go away from your comfort zone and so on i hate that kind of approach because i don't see this it's, it's not honest at all and normally it's really hard and those who, who, who normally do this kind of uh, uh, approach they are in a com uncomfortable zone <laughs> uh, uh, to say this to, uh, to, to other guys but uh, we and I saw so many people facing with struggles and so many difficulties imagine in cultural uh, sector also we saw a lot of people from that night to day uh, just yeah, lose everything. Lose yeah. everything without any activity, without projects, without contracts, without perspectives. Yeah. It's not fair to say to someone that is in that position, oh, please, why don't you see here an opportunity? You just need to be creative, to reinvent yourself. I hate that. And I think it's really almost uh, provocative and offensive to say that to someone. So, of course, knowing this and saying this, I must recognize that uh, we had some opportunities in the sense that, for instance, the pandemic uh, situation that we are living, uh, that we are facing now, uh, it, they, uh, that situation did more for the digitalization of our societies than every kind of public policies and public efforts that we did in the past. So for sure that we can see this in that sense. But normally when someone use that sentence, it's with this context. And in that case, I don't like, I don't like it. Okay. Thank you for your uh, answer. So um, do you think that Portuguese entrepreneurs learned something from the last crisis? And what if you think that they have learned? Oh, they learn uh, at least that uh, they are. They must. They must be here, thinking that they are here from themselves. That means that they can count, of course, with some support and so on. But they must count basically with themselves. That means that it's up to them to find the right tools, the right. Uh, uh, ways to go out of this situation. What I mean is um, they know that uh, when you are facing a huge crisis like this one, the resources, they it's something really difficult uh, to access them. And so you must be very aware of that. I know that it's up to you. Um, to find your path in this in, in, in these times, if you, you cannot count, uh, uh, let me say, you cannot expect that it it's, it will be someone else that will be uh, in position to solve your own problems, I, and that's for sure. And that when I'm saying this, I'm not, I know I don't want to emphasize that uh, this is a jungle and. Uh, everyone is here only by by himself or herself. No, I, what I mean is that we know that it's really difficult to expect that it will be a government or a, a, a other kind of uh, authorities, public or private, that will be here for you. 
it's up to you to find how to how to do it uh, and maybe that seems a little bit uh, strange just taking in consideration what i just said before mm -hmm. but I, i mean people must be aware that of course others they can support you they can give you an extra help but it's up to you uh, mm -hmm. you must uh, try to find in yourself the resilience, the energy, the, the conditions to perceive this journey. And in that sense, it's really unfair, uh, it's really difficult, but I must be honest, if someone stays thinking, oh no, and it's, that's why I don't like crisis, waiting for, uh, oh, it's not fair what is happening to me. So, for sure someone will be rescued me for this situation because what we are living now it's not fair why what i i have done to deserve this situation so you cannot uh, uh, face a moment like this one uh, mm -hmm. that, that kind of mindset do you, do you know what i mean you must be aware that no it's up to to you to find the right tools the right uh, energy to to go on to okay. move on mm -hmm. and well knowing that uh the government the european union and incubators like startup lisboa also have their role so as you said they bring extra help to entrepreneurs uh how can you know governments european union and startup lisboa and other incubators can bring more resilience <coughs> for the ecosystem well, one thing I know, um, startups, they are no longer just a good idea or a good or something sexy in the political uh, uh, speeches and so on. So it's part of our society. Mm -hmm. And in that sense, I hope that, for instance, the agreement that we saw uh, last night to be achieved by the European Union, mm -hmm. that part of that uh, big money that uh, we will have in the next uh, weeks, months, mm -hmm. part of that must be also for this part of the, our economies. So what I mean is startups are part of the game and exactly. of course uh, it will be, uh, uh, you cannot uh, see our future without uh, startups in your in your perspective, mm -hmm. because we can easily establish a connection between innovation and startups, between the uh, dy dynamics uh, economies and startups, and so on and so on. So that means that part of the public efforts that we need to do uh, in order to s solve this crisis, if you can say this, uh, solve a, a crisis, must take in consideration this, uh, eco this ecosystem, uh, namely uh, the founders, the startups, and of course because they are more exposed to the effects of the crisis because they are trying to prove new business models, new products, new services and so on and so on. And we know from the books that where, uh, when you have more innovation, uh, you increase of course the, the risk of your activity. 
and it, I hope uh, seriously that uh, everyone be aware that part of these public efforts, namely financial efforts, must be uh, oriented also to this uh, ecosystem. And because we'll, we'll, we need every single day the startups, because part of the innovation that we see uh, in our economies, in our societies, comes from startups. So uh, it's impossible uh, in these times, there are strange uh, times that we are living, if, uh, facing, that uh, we see that, okay, we can do this without startups. No, we need them. Okay. Uh, and, and in that sense, I hope that uh, in the national level and that also in the European level and international level, I hope to see more initiatives that I saw uh, just now, for now. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and because uh, I really think that what this ecosystem did for our societies, for our economies, deserve already more attention from public entities. And until uh, for now, so far, I must be honest to you, I'm a little bit disappointed okay. uh, because I think it was uh, more than normal to expect to see more attention from public authorities, from the national government, namely, to this uh, sector of uh, activity. And what we saw, um, it's not in that sense. So let's see uh, if with this new uh, framework and new uh, perspective coming from this agreement established at the European level, that let's see if we can expect more ambition, more initiative, more support from mm -hmm. the government to the startups. Okay, because actually during these recent years Portugal became well known from, for its entrepreneurship ecosystem precisely, precisely. as well for being a good place to invest right uh, Web Summit for instance was uh, a major high point in these last few years so um, do you think that uh, we will prevail will prevail better than in the last crisis you know, after all this huge amount of work that has been done by uh, some identities, just like Startup Lisboa, for instance? I don't know. What I know is that we are dealing with the ecosystem that it's in, can be a paradox. I, just mm -hmm. before I told you that uh, it was amazing to see how agile, how strong uh, our ecosystem was in the reaction to this pandemic crisis, mm -hmm. okay. But knowing that it's not a contradiction uh, with what I want to reinforce. And what I want to reinforce is that means it's also at the same time a fragile ecosystem in the okay. sense that everything is new and uh, we are just, uh, uh, we are speaking about projects, about startups, about companies, about uh, acceleration programs, incubators, uh, Excel, uh, co-work space, investors and so on and so on in total with less than 10 years so and it was really hard to build this ecosystem in a country like portugal so uh, we have a big responsibility in our hands and that's why i must tell you that i really hope that everybody is aware of that that mm -hmm. it's not possible to stay only 
uh, seeing what is happening without doing anything in concrete to support yeah. this, this ecosystem. Yes, because, because it will take more than 10 years to rebuild uh, an ecosystem like this one. And as you told me before uh, in your question, yes, Portugal, uh, and namely Lisbon, but Portugal in general, in the last few years was recognized by everyone uh, as a good place to be, to become entrepreneur, to be, to build a startup and so on and so on. So it's mandatory mm -hmm. to know that. And with that perspective, to do our best in order to ourselves be also resilient, like the founders are, okay? Mm -hmm. Or they are. Okay, because uh, actually in the last few years, uh, the political speech was that Portugal has the capacity to be Europe's nest of technological startups, right? Yes. Um, so, in your opinion... And I believe, I strongly believe on that. So that's the right moment now to prove it and to say, okay, now you can come for those who are coming from abroad and for those that there are locals to say, no, no, we are here for you. We know that what we are doing, it's very important for our societies, for our economy. And that's why we are here for you to support you. And uh, it's mandatory. It, uh, I would say if someone uh, for any reason decide to do something different, mm -hmm. <laughs> he, uh, a wrong, wrong political mis mistake. So I really hope that uh, everyone is aware of that. Uh, and, and why? Because uh, the most innovative companies, the most innovative projects that we saw in the last few years, they were born in this ecosystem. Uh, uh, it's not normal I mean, in a, a country like Portugal to have uh, so good companies like uh, uh, for instance, Unbubble, because you, you mentioned Unbubble, but also Fine Crowd, but also Fidzai, but also Farfetch, Indie Campers, uh, and I don't know, it's always Many places difficult to mention uh, startups because we forgot always <laughs> to say a few. But the, I, I love to do this kind of uh, analogy between the startups and soccer. Uh, it's a little bit the same for a country like Portugal. It's really unbelievable if we think to have so many good players in, playing in international level like we are we have here in Portugal. It's it's that is, is normal when you are talking about big countries like Brazil. I'm speaking about soccer. Mm -hmm. Just think about. Um, Startups is a little bit the same. It's normal to expect like a big country with all the conditions like United States to produce a lot of startups. It's normal. What it's more uh, normal, if you want, it's uh, unexpected, is to see a country like Portugal to have so many entrepreneurs, so many companies, so many startups. So that means something. And yeah. for it means talent. Okay, and that's the secret. That's talent. the secret, talent, okay. for sure. Okay. We have good talent here in Portugal, uh, for sure. Uh, our uh, 
uh, educational institutions they 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 have a good level if you think about engineers uh, managers designers and so on and so on and uh, yes every everyone recognizes that that we can find good talent here in portugal but more than that i would say one of the ingredients is also the fact that you can attract talent from abroad that means I don't say that it's only the locals that they have talent and of course it's not that but what I know is we have good local talent and we have the right conditions to attract talent from abroad and it's completely different when you speak with the CEO doesn't matter if it's CEO of a startup of a big multinational company they always share the same when they have open positions in international level and they are trying to convince someone a critical key resource in their companies please move to this new position because we'll have a project in I don't want to be impolite with someone with yeah. no one but imagine in the uh, other countries in Europe not Europe <laughs> okay it's much more difficult to have uh, that capacity to attract people for this, those positions. When you say, oh, we'll, we'll do this project from our company based in Lisbon, are you available to move? And of course, it's it's clear the yes. answer. Okay. When, when I should go, <laughs> when I should move. And that's something that we must also be aware of that. We very nice society in the sense that we don't have conflicts, uh, ethnical conflicts, social conflicts. It's a really cosmopolitan environment already with a very good infrastructure of uh, talent, but also of his communications. In terms of technology, uh, uh, net, and so on, and so on, and so on, and with a very good cultural life already uh, that you can experience here in. If you put on top of that our natural uh, conditions, if you want uh, our weather, our atmosphere, and so on and so on. It's really amazing, and that's why there are so many people uh, moving to Portugal and to Lisbon, and they decide uh, why, why not? And uh, Lisbon is the right place to be. And uh, this is a has asset for a, for a country like Portugal. So uh, it it's really mandatory to know that okay. and because it's not uh, at all possible it's not easy at all to try to be competitive in the international level without that capacity to attract uh, innovative project innovative people mm -hmm. to come to live here and work and invest in Portugal. Okay, so we have a lot of advantages, like you said, like quality of life, uh, talent, infrastructure, infrastructures, etc. But uh, in, in terms of financing or finding uh, investors, what would you say about the Portuguese ecosystem? It's it's changing uh, in the right direction, but I must be honest to you, it's still uh, probably one of the weakness of our ecosystems okay. because we don't have the the 
same amount of uh, money of the and the investors that we can find in other geographies. Yeah. That's for sure. And but it's changing. We, we, and what we, uh, we we can see is the fact that. Uh, for instance, Web Summit brings a lot of international attention for to Portugal and also uh, brings a lot of attention from international investors, for international mm -hmm. VCs. And they are now uh, uh, discovering that here they can find a very good deal flow where they can invest, where they can find uh, good projects, good founders and so on and so on. So it's changing, but of course, when you do a comparison with other cities, it's not the obvious uh, place where you should be if the question is to attract uh, an investor. Mm -hmm. But what we know from for these last eight years is the fact that it's not critical because if you have a good project, if you have a good product, a good uh, startup, you can establish yourself here. You mm -hmm. can do all the work uh, from Lisbon, for instance, and to try to find investment abroad. And that's the story, if you want, that it's behind um, uh, all the good startups that we have here. Mm -hmm. And it was even more like that in the past. Now we have already a few investors coming. And also we have more local investors uh, here in Portugal. But when they need to grow, they know. And they know how to do it. And they know that they need to to go away and try to get the attention of the, great, the good, good investors. And to be honest, they are not here, of course. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. So the previous crisis showed a general lack of money. Uh, also now companies are again dealing with cash problems and certainly for venture investors, this will be a time of retraction in investments. Mm -hmm. Investor, in your opinion, in these circumstances in, uh, during a crisis, decide to invest in a startup? Once again, it's really difficult to characterize this situation only with one color. Let me okay. say you have different approach from different uh, profile of investors also. What I saw is uh, we, we have some investors, they just decide, okay, our priority, our main goal is to protect our portfolio. Uh, and that means they are more conservative now and they they don't want to invest in new business because they, they have a kind of... Uh, uh, the perspective is my uh, compromise is with my portfolio. I must be here and to have my resource aligned for those that are already part of my portfolio but at the same time we see and we we see other investors looking for good opportunities to invest in new in new projects and new startups and both theses um, exist and so once again, as I told you, it's not very easy to uh, characterize this uh, in one or another direction. Uh, they, we, what we have is both realities uh, in parallel, if you want. Mm -hmm. uh, you already told that you don't like to give advices, but uh, what uh, message again 
would you give to an entrepreneur that wants to launch a startup nowadays in this so unpredictable and risky context? Because, you know, when we think about the last crisis, we see Feedzai, for instance, or places also as uh, um, startups that were born during the, the crisis. So what advice would you give to this entrepreneur? As you told, uh, I don't like to give advice, don't, so I don't want to call it an advice, but I would say for sure that my opinion about it is that if you want to launch a new project, a new startup, you must want it. It's the first, the first thing. The second one is you must be aware if you can or not to do it, if you have the resources to do that. And when I mean resources, of course, I'm talking about financial resources, but it's more than this. That means you need to ask yourself, do I have what I need to do this? And that means also the knowledge. Do I have the knowledge to, to do this project in these times? And this, these three questions, it's not different now than it was in my perspective before this pandemic crisis. Mm -hmm. Before someone decides to build a, a project, a startup, I think that person should ask and look inside and see. Do I want this for my life, for my personal life? And must they be aware what uh, uh, what obliged to become an entrepreneur? And sometimes uh, I I don't like this. Also, people they try to uh, emphasize a sexy way of living, uh, saying, "Oh, it's so nice to be a kind of a new rock star, to be an entrepreneur." And it's not it's not uh, the right way to describe uh, the, the entrepreneurial life. So that means when you become an entrepreneur, you must be aware that what you have in face of you for the next month years, it's hard times. With pandemic or without pandemic crisis, it's always the same. So you must be aware. Do I want this for my personal life? Okay. If I want it, go away. I'm here and I'm the, I will be the first one to clap my hands and say, go. But the second question is, is do, do I have the resources to do this? Uh, do I have the knowledge? And sometimes what I see is people to be a little bit uh, naive about it. Imagine uh, with a very simple uh, example, someone that wants to solve a problem in the industry that, uh, you, that uh, for that you need to build something on top of uh, artificial intelligence or machine learning and so on. And when you ask to that person, but you are the right guy for that, you know the market or you have the, the resources in terms of knowledge about the technology that you want to use to solve the problem. Oh no, no. So it's not a question, it's not only a question that I want to be an entrepreneur. Okay. You must be aware that the good entrepreneurs that I know, mm -hmm. Of course, they want, they really want, it's the first thing, but they need to know a little bit more about the market, about the, the technology that they are, want, uh, they are thinking to use and so on and so on. That means that it's not an easy way <laughs> uh, for, for yourself. So uh, 
And when I'm saying this, sometimes I, I I know that people criticize me, saying, "Oh, but you should be in position to move to to create more uh, uh, motivation to people to become entrepreneur." And of course, I want to have more entrepreneurs, and I want that they they can that that people can feel okay why not to become uh-huh. entrepreneur but i just want uh, or i also want that they can be aware of what they can expect when they decide to do it and of course it's not a, a big deal because they will learn by themselves uh-huh. when they will try to do the first project and when they will do the first project they will discover a lot of the things that challenge yeah. that I'm trying to emphasize now and they will do the second if they have the resilience that we start this conversation mm-hmm. speaking about resilience they will see by themselves if they have that this resilience or not and if they have they will do the second one the third one mm-hmm. and so on and so on if not it's also a learning that they'll achieve from for their lives and it's it's not a big deal okay and what do you have to say to those that say that portuguese entrepreneurs are too afraid of risk I don't think that it's not no longer true to say that to be honest mm-hmm. uh, what what I think we can say if you want to generalize a little bit is sometimes what I see it's that Portuguese they don't believe like they should be do in terms of their capacities in terms of ambition if you want okay. they try to do a project and it's a cultural issue because they were born and they grow up always listing that oh please be realistic oh please uh, you cannot dream so much you must be aware that we are from a small country mm-hmm. in the corner of uh, uh, Europe Mm-hmm. And, so on and, so on. and it's a question of ambition and I uh, in a daily basis I try to to fight against that saying no no if you have a new product if and you and you show already that it works and it's a good solution here and also in the in London or in Paris or in Berlin why? Are you thinking only uh, to do this only for Portugal or Spain? No, no, no. You must be ambitious and to try to do this in the global uh, scale, if you want. And that is the 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 nature the nature of an entrepreneur of an entrepreneur of a startup. Startups, it's always something related with general solution general markets and not not only local markets the big difference in my perspective between a startup and a small medium company it's of course the fact that the sme company it's it can be only focused in the local and the domestic market when you are talking about the startup for i would say it's natural to think about uh, about a, a global solution because if you found a new way to do something differently uh, and you are in the possession of a new technology a new business model it doesn't matter you are almost obliged to do this in the global 
uh, scale if you want mm -hmm. so that's my perspective so okay. you need to have more ambition more ambition uh, for sure okay ambition and resilience for, for also yeah, <laughs> for this, this reality that we are facing now so miguel thank you very much for being here with us it was a pleasure Thank you for having me. Uh, it was a little bit boring, I would say, our conversation, but uh, it's difficult. No, it you, know, you know, for someone like me that I like to touch everyone, I like to see people, I like to be much more <laughs> natural, it's really hard to speak uh, through to, to a platform like this one or someone doesn't matter the platform, but it's uh, something that I'm trying to learn to deal with. And uh, it's always a challenge also for me to do this, not in a, in a, a room with person in front of you, but doing this in a digital way. So. Yes, exactly. So you are facing also the challenge of... The yeah, for sure. Right? For sure. <laughs> okay, Miguel, thank you very much again. Thank you. Okay, thank you. In this episode, Miguel Fons highlighted the relevance of startups in the digital transformation and in the economic recovery process that Portugal has ahead. Miguel pointed out that in this period of crisis, when European funds are part of the solution, the Portuguese government must assure that the ecosystem has access to strong financial help. Otherwise, what was built in the last years may get lost. For the CEO of Startup Lisboa, the moment is hard for everyone. If being an entrepreneur is never easy, now it's even harder, and resilience must be more than a word. Miguel doesn't like to give advice but he shares his thoughts about the challenges of launching a project in a time of crisis. Talk about podcasts. 